Hello, constant listeners. Thank you for reaching out to me on social media and sending your lovely messages of support. I really appreciate it. This week, Procast, the German podcasting company, has featured Indian Noir as the podcast of the week for excellence in storytelling. We are still a featured podcast on Apple Podcasts. For news like this, to follow my podcasting journey, or to reach out to me with messages of support or your feedback, please follow me on social media, on Twitter at Indian Noir, or on Instagram at underscore Nikesh Murali. Thank you. This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 7 of Fear FM. I'm sorry, Ma. I'm sorry. Prakash wanted to say when he hugged his mother. Instead, he said, You're going to like it here. You will have a full-time carer and lots of friends. They were in the large living room of Sanathana Aged Care Home, a fine facility for those who had entered their twilight years, which could be afforded thanks to Prakash's mother's central government pension. His mother looked around with sad eyes at the people her son had called her friends. There were twenty of them in that room, lounging on sofas and chairs, playing chess, watching Rajesh Kanaflix on an LCD screen. They were clean, well-fed. This was clearly an aged care institution that pride on the high quality of service it provided to its residents. But if you looked closely, looked into their eyes, you would see the emptiness, the resignation. You could see that they dreaded the loneliness that night would bring, the muted goodbyes they said on the phone to their children, ringing in their ears as they tried to sleep, their bones aching like their hearts. Prakash's decision to assign the care of his mother to Sanathana was driven by two pressing matters. His inability to look after his sick mother and the paranormal occurrences in their home. The demon, which he was now convinced was real, wanted his mother, and it made sense to remove her from the environment which had seen an escalating series of terrifying events. It would bring some peace back to his home life. He needed to focus on himself chart a future course, improve his mental health, apply for jobs. He had seen the error of his brooding ways. This was it. This would help him catch a break. He knew it. As if to justify his beliefs, a text message popped up on his phone from an international number. It was his friend Sumit from San Francisco. He excitedly opened the message 
as his mother looked around her with an anguished face. She was muttering something under her breath. He couldn't make out what she was saying. Can I call you now? said the text message. Yes, he wrote back, in caps, with three exclamation marks. The phone rang. The old man watching the TV glanced at him angrily. One second, Ma, he said with a touch on his mother's shoulder. She was still muttering. He took the call outside in the front yard. A rose garden, complete with sad and grey cement benches. How are you, brother? Long time no here, he said into the phone. They exchanged pleasantries, and Sumit came to the heart of the matter quickly. A position had opened up in his team, and Sumit thought of Prakash as the obvious choice to take on the role. Wow, uh, I don't know what to say, Prakash said. I am flattered, brother. Prakash was breathless with excitement. He plucked a red rose and then squeezed it like it was a stress ball. I will send you the position description tonight. Keep an eye out for it, Sumit said. I will. I will. Goodbye for now, Sumit said, before exiting the call. Goodbye, Prakash said. When he walked back into the room, he realized he had momentarily forgotten his guilt. That terrible, dark, droning thing that was chipping away at the walls of his brain. His mother was still muttering as he approached her. What are you saying, Ma? He pressed his ears close to his mother's face. It sounded like, Da, 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 da. I had a call from the US, Ma. I have to go home and do some prep work for this phone interview I may have to attend. He stopped himself, realizing how insensitive he sounded. I, I will call you tonight. He waved her goodbye and then nodded to a kind middle-aged woman who was her carer. She helped his mother get up from the sofa and guided her to her room. Prakash watched her walk away gingerly as if she was stepping on a bed of glass. She was going to be fine here and it was not like he was going to ignore her. He would call her every night, visit whenever he could. Hell, the distance might even help them prove their relationship. He was escorted out of the premises by the watchman. The aged care facility was made up of two four-story buildings. It had lifts and ramps and western toilets, gardens and yoga classes, nurses and an on-site doctor, gaming rooms and cable channels, dedicated carers for each resident. Prakash rattled off the features listed in the organization's brochure in his head. She was going to be fine here. Prakash felt it in his soul. He had done right by her. He felt his guilt slowly dissipating. The gate closed behind him. She was going to be fine. When he got home, Prakash took a good long shower, had a quick dinner and waited in front of his open email inbox for that magical sound that would herald the arrival of his ticket back to the US. The bad times would be in the rearview mirror soon enough. He knew it.
there was a slight change in the temperature in the room. That is how Prakash first came to be aware of the presence of something unnatural sharing the same space as him. Placed on a stool on the right-hand side of his computer was a blue decorative vase. He thought he saw something reflected on its shiny surface, but that turned out to be nothing. Stop it, Prakash, he said to himself. The thing, whatever it was, it's gone. Get your shit together. The email from Sumit. Hi, bro, see attached PD. Let me know what you think and we'll tee up a Skype interview soon. This is it, Prakash said excitedly. Just as his right hand reached out to grab the computer mouse to click the attachment open, he felt something touch his left shoulder. A feeling. Like someone had rested their chin on his left shoulder. The weight of a pointed chin. Strands of hair and a cold ear tickling the skin on his left cheek. Wheezing close to his ears. Open it, a voice said. Prakash was frozen. He couldn't move, couldn't turn around, couldn't fight the thing that was resting on his shoulder. Open it. He started breathing anxiously. You thought you could get rid of me if you took your mother away from here. He moved his eyes to the right. Now reflected on the vase was the twisted reflection of what clearly was an old woman with large pearl-white eyes that stared at the computer screen with hate. Her head was resting on his left shoulder. She was moving her mouth like she was chewing on air. You thought she would be safe if you took her away from here. Prakash thought his heart was going to leap out of his chest cavity. Open it, she said. See what I have done to your mother. Prakash clicked on the link. Instead of a PDF document containing details of his job, a black and white image appeared. It was taken from the perspective of someone who was standing on a rooftop, few stories high, looking down at the ground. He recognized the place, recognized the rose garden with its cement benches. What did it mean? His mother looking down at the garden from the rooftop. He snapped out of the vile trance that had ensnared his body, leapt up from his chair and looked around, still fearful still breathing like he had sprinted to beat the fastest time in a race. Nothing. He was alone. He ran to the ground floor in his t-shirt and shorts and hailed the first cab he could find.
he asked the driver to rush to the old-age home. He nervously bit his nails, pinched himself, unable to cope with the anxiety. Ma, I am coming. When they reached the destination, Prakash leapt out of the cab, threw some money into the front seat and ran to the gate of the old age home. He started banging loudly, again and again. Then he stepped back and looked up at the top parts of the two buildings inside the compound. At first, he couldn't make out anything in the darkness of the night. The watchman opened the gate. What do you think you are doing, asshole? I'm going to call the police. A look of recognition flickered in the man's eyes. Did you not drop your mother off today? Come back during visiting hours, the watchman said as Prakash continued scanning the rooftops. Prakash could now see her clearly, standing on the parapet of one of the buildings, dressed in her nightgown, swaying. Ma! Ma! he shouted, directing the watchman's attention to the horrible sight. What is the quickest way up there? Prakash inquired. Follow me! The watchman said worriedly, now that he realized what was going on. The next few minutes were a blur. Prakash didn't know what stairs they took, which elevators they entered, which doors they unlocked to reach the top. When he got to the rooftop, his mother was swaying. A slight gust of wind and she would be gone. He ran, ran as fast as he could. And he reached her and pulled her down safely. The watchman looking on in horror. Ma! What happened, Ma? She looked pale and confused, and her skin was cold. But there was no mistaking what she was saying. Darkin! Darkin!